1: This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio,
0: here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory with great warranties, great pre owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee terrific service department that backs it up with routine service difficult they handle it all at Sunbury Motors 4th Street in Sunbury Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 Humble's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com and time now for the best part of the week and that's Neil Kulong sir welcome
2: you bet as always uh, my pleasure to be here thanks for having me all
0: right so uh, this is something I talked with Ray Dittinger the Hall of Fame writer and we talked about the state of the game today games in Spain, Brazil, Germany, England, Kazakhstan no not yet uh, and officiating and and so forth. So let's have uh, take a moment here. What is your take on the state? of the NFL right now, even though the ratings have never been higher?
2: I think overall, let's put it this way. If you go back and and call it a guilty dork pleasure of mine, but I'll go back and watch the, the AFC Championship game after the 2008 season, so January 2009, Baltimore at Pittsburgh, it doesn't really feel like it was that long ago, but if you watch how they play the game, you'd be shocked at how different it is. And in that, I mean, you know, we don't need to be—we don't need to be historians to to see clearly why it changed and how it's changed. Um, the NFL has had to recreate a large part of the game while keeping. the the shell intact. Now, what you'll hear a lot of them say, uh, you know, it's basketball on grass. And to some extent, you can understand why people are saying that, you know, I don't want to say a lack of contact. You know, you and I have discussed this a lot. If you've ever been on a sideline, it's not a lack of contact. No, no. There are certain things that you just simply can't do anymore. Um, And this came up with... uh, um, Demonte Casey uh, against Indianapolis, the hit that he had on the Colts receiver. I forget who it was, but it was like, wow, that's, I said at the time, like, he's going to be suspended for that. That's really bad. And every Steelers fan went completely nuts over it, saying that, oh, well, it, you know, it, it's its not the same game anymore. They're not allowed to hit anymore. It's like, you guys, look, we've been over this for the last 15 years, okay? It's been a while you need to adjust how you're playing the game and that's the way it is now but you can see the difference uh, Mm -hmm. from that 15 year time period in in comparison to now the state of the game being as popular as it is today I don't know if enough time has passed really flesh out what the reaction of a younger generation is going to be not because of the violence not because of um, the the issues with contact that the game has you know tried to kind of work it, work out of its product. It's more we learn from the generation before us, and for them the generation before them. You're passing it down from person to person. That, that's really kind of the root of fandom. You grew up with it. We usually wax nostalgically about watching games with our parents and you know being when you were a kid. This player did that. I wonder. Much of that sort of false glory, if you want to call it that, that, that heroism exists uh, in, in the younger generation today. I'm sure there will be some. You know, my daughter goes to school with kids that are wearing Patrick Mahomes jerseys, Lamar Jackson jerseys, things like that. You, you see it. Um, I don't know how it's going to be in the next generation. I don't know how much more it's going to be passed down for a variety of reasons. You know, the future of anything uh, is bleak, in my opinion. So for the game to keep up, it has to reach out to to new markets. It's got to continue to reinvent itself, to remarket itself uh, for other other groups, other demographics that are going to invariably change. You can't rely on what works today, what happens today. But to the NFL's credit, I think in changing the game and in keeping up with a, a surge in uh, technological influence, they've done a good job uh, staying at the top. You know, staying in the spotlight, uh, weathering the storms. They're going to come with any you know major uh, American organization that's in the spotlight as intensely as the NFL is. So I, I think there's not an issue for the foreseeable future. But you do wonder if, if there's not another 15 year period of significant change. I, I wonder what the game will continue to look like. Uh, once the next generation gets in, you see it now, not to not to be the old guy, but you see it in, in how they're playing and how they're tackling, or I should say not tackling. It makes you wonder how much more contact they can really take out of the game before it becomes, uh, you know, flag, which, to be honest, is another product that the league is really pushing now. It makes you kind of wonder if this is not setting up for future generations. They just eliminate tackling completely uh, and just play flag. Um, Things like that, it shows that they're aware that there is a future issue. They are exploring uh, what their image is going to look like uh, to the next generation. I
0: I will say this, though, about football, whether it's the college game or the pro game. And I know, because Jack Ham has said to me once, he said to me 30 times, he says, Gee, Steve, I don't know how you tackle in today's game, you know, compared to when when he played. But I also feel that the game is. Because it's so popular, is a target for some people, and because it's a target, I feel like they've adapted in certain ways because they're trying to save and preserve the game, and I do give them credit for that.
2: I would agree. Um, two things with that: one, you know, if the players quote-unquote know how to tackle either. I mean, at a literal level, they can do it, but there are situations in which it's going to be one thing or the other. And if they choose to go high, the guy in the head, they're going to pay for it. Yeah. If they choose to go low, there's a good potential of of a significant injury. And at an ethical level, the players don't really like that either. And we're going to hear them say, I don't know what to do. That's usually what they land on. My opinion is a league that was built by and it's regulated by defense attorneys. They're not interested in finding an answer. They are interested in finding somebody else to blame. And if they can put that on the players, they will. That's what they're doing. This is the result of years of negligence, things that they're culpable for that they don't want to have to pay for uh, today. Um, sins of our fathers and all that. I, I The message they're sending more as as long as we could tell a judge and a jury These are the steps that we took To make what's inherently a dangerous game An inherently violent game As reasonably safe as we could make it mm-hmm. We find them when they hit guys like this Image issues that people are seeing We're trying to take this out of the game They're not going to say We're responsible because this game is violent And we're putting it out for for hundreds of millions of people to watch. It's more, we don't really care so much. We just want to make sure we can't be found legally liable for a lot of this. And it's worked to this point. It's gotten them out of, um, you know, significant punishment as far as class action suits go. Mm -hmm. They've been able to manipulate, manipulate's probably the wrong word, they've been able to negotiate in the CBA through kind of interesting tactics uh, ways to to write off any liability that they might have. Uh, very political, very legal. Um, I don't want to call it shady, but they clearly have intent of washing their hands of any responsibility of the product that they put out. So, it, it, at the ground level, what we're really talking about is the instantaneous bang bang hits on the field. Um, I will say this though, and I would be curious what. What Jack would say in in response to it, there are some that I see that are really are just more examples of laziness than yes oh, damn. um cheapness
0: like you've gotta hit
2: him lower than that you yeah. you can't go like that into his head, and you you need to know that by now. your generation now the 22, 23, twenty two twenty three twenty four year olds grew up only with this NFL. They don't know what it was like when, when James Harrison was just coming out and, and destroying people on the field. They, they didn't see that firsthand. Uh, a lot of it is sloppiness and poor technique, and that, that splinters off into another issue. Uh, getting into the college side of things, how much are they really teaching? You know, Do they have the time to really go over technique when you have the five-star player that has this choice of 800 colleges across the country he wants to go to yours because he's going to get on the field right away. He may not know what he's doing, but he's a great athlete, and the clock is, is ticking now. They might not even have him longer than a year anymore, let alone three until he's going to go pro. So it, I don't know if they get proper instruction. And it seems like there are a lot of defensive players who are out there that can mirror a guy perfectly down the field but have no clue what they're doing on uh, you know, coming up to, to support the run. They don't know how to tackle. They don't know how to wrap up. They're not sure what to do with their bodies. And a lot of that just looks simply like they haven't really been taught. And I don't mean that literally. It's just that they they weren't grounded in it. You know, they didn't have to go through fundamental work because they're doing things that are going to get them into the, to the NFL, not a better football player when they're 19 years old.
0: Well, and Jack has talked about, he'll talk about technique cases. you got to wrap. you got to wrap a guy up. You just can't throw your shoulder in there. And he talks about that all the, all the time. Because um, you know, that's proper technique. That's not too high, too low. It's wrap and take to the ground. What have you thought yeah, I think about if, the... Let's go ahead, Neil. Sorry.
2: If, if Sorry. If, if your mentality is to wrap up, you're naturally going after the waist. You're not going yeah, to, to chin strap right. the guy, and you're not looking to take his knee out. You can wrap up the waist. And if that's your mentality, getting your arms around the guy... But what, what they teach primarily is dislodge the ball. Then they're not going in with their shoulder uh, looking to get their arms around the guy as much as they are looking to punch it out. And if you miss or it doesn't work, which it often doesn't, you see him slip away and it, it's, it's poor technique, it's poor form. Uh, it's, it's tough to have both, but there are, there are guys that need to be able to do that at the NFL level, that's for sure.
0: What have you thought about the officiating this year It's finally done and Sunday's game was fine But what did you feel About the overall Officiating of the game At this stage?
2: Here's the, the least Popular opinion You're going to get On this show I really don't think NFL officiating Is that bad mm-hmm. And here's why They don't get To make decisions On what happened Based on what we See in replay What we are almost crowdfunding opinions in social media, creating the outrage. Uh, we are hyper-focused on officiating because, in many ways, I might argue, just very simply, we can see the game better than they can for where yes. they are. Yep. In a lot of cases, that's true. You've got, I don't, maybe you saw, I don't know how many cameras were at the Super Bowl this year, but it, it, it was a couple hundred in, in the One, past.
0: It was 165.
2: Yeah, that's, that's when you have that many eyes in 4K definition broadcast across an 85-inch TV, you're able to see things more clearly than the official who's running, who's distracted by the noise, who's under the microscope and has the pressure that they have. All of these things coming together, it, it, it's extremely difficult uh, to to hold them fully accountable to millisecond characteristics of plays that were never really a part of the scope of officiating in the first place. And this comes down again to a a, a league of lawyers who have, in my opinion at least, uh, incorrectly overcorrected problems as opposed to just kind of saying, you know what, this is the human element of the game. We can't see these things down to this level. Our ability, our desire to try to do that creates a bigger problem, and that's, that's essentially what's happened. We try to over-regulate everything. We try to over-officiate everything. When some things, just like, look, it's close, the guy's right there, let him make the call. We, we mm-hmm. can't, we're not going to get everything right. Uh,
0: I, I will bring up this. Uh, because we're getting now to the stage where it's going to be the Combines, Pro Days, and so forth. One of my knocks in certain areas that I've had with people who have made, um, to do talent evaluations, is that from 30,000 feet, I've felt they've used the Combine too much. And I'd like to see more football players out there and the one guy that had an interception in the game was Jair Brown. And of course, if anybody's going to know how Jair Brown plays, I'll know him as well as anybody for obvious reasons. He played here at Penn State. He knows how to play. But in a combine setting, he was a four point six three forty guy, so he ends up in the third round. But you can just watch him play. He knows how to play the game, and I feel like that player doesn't get as much of an opportunity because people are enamored with numbers, right or wrong.
2: Yeah, I mean, at the end, it's about the athleticism that he has. It's about the upside. It's about the potential. They feel that they'll be able to teach the player what the player needs to know. And whether they've learned that ahead of time or not seems to be less relevant. Now you're getting into an era where Uh, In my opinion, and anybody's opinion, I think is is worthy of discussion on this topic, you're going to have a lot of kids jumping from school to school and getting inconsistent messages, not hearing specifically um, what needs to be done. All of these things, it it, it might create less strength at the the mid-to-bottom level of the NFL, and I think you'll see that. Um, We saw a pretty significant special teams mistake in the Super Bowl, Things like that will come up when you're not getting enough reps to enough players who really understand every situation that can come up. And it's a game where you don't get several opportunities uh, of of live training to really pick it up. They don't play a whole lot of games. There's not a whole lot of live snaps, and it's tough to simulate uh, a a lot of those environments. And I think the the strong, you know, you think like the the Senior Bowl is a big thing. A lot of that is marketing, but it, it always was. These are the best players who are going to be available because they're the most ready. They've received the most coaching, they've been in the weight room the longest. It's lessened in terms of I don't want to say its overall value, but um, there aren't as many prominent players. There are plenty of them, but not as many as there were 20 years ago. I would argue they're better athlete, they're better prepared athletes today, but they're not as good technical football players uh, the way that they used to be. And I yes. think overall, you see that in the product of the game.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, you do have this the best athletically. This is the best the NFL has ever been. But in terms of how to play the game, I mean, like how to play the game, if I have a great athlete who who knows how to play the game, that guy stands out dramatically over the crowd right now. That's how I view it.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that, and I, I I wonder the direction in the future, how much different it's going to be, what they can do to mitigate that. I mean, it just it, it honestly seems like there is another sub level uh, that have su- that has some significance uh, coming at some point. They're going to need to find guys, um, you know, they're they're going to need to find more opportunities to get guys to play, and I, I wonder where that's coming from.
0: Yeah, and that that part I don't know. Because you know what? What's happening now, let's take the college game. What's really big in the college game and recruiting right now? Getting to seven-on-sevens. Yep. I mean, you see a yep. lot and of it. That, like, that's, that's
2: kind of the direction of the game, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, line play obviously is critically important, but you need, you need your receivers to, to work on running routes. You know, you need your quarterbacks to throw the ball in, in live situations uh, against live defense. And the more of that that comes up, I think that's kind of what it is. You know, I, I, that that's there's value to that, just in terms of I, I hate saying the skill position guys, but you need to get them putting in the work in a live environment on a real field with with yeah. live passing uh, against real defense.
0: Well, we're coming up on part of the year that you really love a lot, and that is all the off season movement. I know we are, never got to the Trubisky and so forth. We'll get to that next week, but. Uh, Appreciate it always, my friend. We have more snow than you do.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. Neil Kulon. All
0: right. We'll take a break. Back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. So, uh, suit out shoveling the, uh, driveway of the studio?
1: Actually, no, we have no power. He's working over in Studio C right now, actually. We have no power? No, we've been on generator. They've been on generator here up at the station all day. Really? Yeah, that wet snow. We we got a little more down south here. Like Caleb lives a little bit north of here, and he only got an inch or two. But down here in like Sunbury, Seals Grove, we got five or six inches of some real heavy wet snow.
0: Yeah, we got three. We got three here. So today's show, by the way, brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf and online at SunburyMotors.com, for Kia Hyundai, Best in New Inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors Guarantee, which is so important, and a terrific service department routine, difficult. They handle it all. They do it with ease. And they're looking for more technicians to help them out. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia routes 11 to 15, almost worth it. Online at sunburymotors.com. So your power's
1: out, huh? Yeah, they're... they're uh, he was told that it might be Thursday to the full-on power's back on here. Thursday? <laughs> yeah. Holy mackerel. Yeah.
0: I, uh... So I want to get into Penn State wrestling here for a little bit. And I want everybody to follow what I'm about to say here. Um, Right after World War II, Frank Leahy was the head coach at Notre Dame. And people would tell you that after the war, and now players are coming back and they're a little older and they're playing college football, that the number one team in the country post-World War II was Notre Dame, and that people would say that the number two team in the country was Notre Dame's second team, because they had so many great players post-World War II that came back to join the ones they already had. Wow. I mean, remarkable when you think about it. And um, and now I look at Penn State wrestling. 1,000 dual meet win last night. They had 12,000 at the Jordan Center last night for, uh, for it. But Terrell Barraclough steps in at 174 and beats a ranked wrestler Cochran steps in at heavyweight because they just were giving Storacci and, and Fleet the night off. And they both win. Like, and not only that, they both made it look easy. Really? I mean, you wonder that if Penn State's second-team wrestlers were a team, where would they be ranked? Where would that group, that second team group, be ranked? Because they have such great depth in this program. I mean, mean, it's almost stunning. I mean, and Bariclaw, by the way, is wrestling at 174, and he is now 174 pounds. He was giving away weight last night. He was giving away weight, and still, like, and just, I mean, just wrestled a beautiful match uh, but it reminds me of post world war and I was not alive obviously in post world war too but yeah, I'm telling you all the history books I've read and contrary to popular belief in, in the talk show world reading does actually help you Uh some days I listen to shows and wonder um uh, and you sit back and you look at those Notre Dame football teams in the forties, late forties, post World War II, and they could beat anybody. Right. And it was you know and, and part of it was they would tell you that the second team was so talented that they think they were the second the second team was the second best group in the country I wonder if you took all the, the guys that are the runner up right now in the Penn State wrestling room where would they be ranked and I wonder if that group could be ranked like 5th, 6th, 7th in the country I, I really do wonder that
1: my question in your scenario do they, do they still get to practice every day against the Penn State first team Sure. Why not? And then I I would go out on the limb and say they're probably top five as well. I mean, I'm a big believer in, in iron sharpens iron, and you look yep. at some of that, some of those. You know, I was looking at Bear Claw's uh, career results while you were talking there, and two of those are in open tournaments to like uh, one point losses to Levi Haynes, you know, his teammate. You know, right? So, so That's they're right. All these guys are close to these to these number one guys probably and, and are keep getting better and better just because they work against these guys all the time. So I kind of feel like till we got to the postseason that it would probably be Penn state, the, the first team, number one and the, and the, the second team in the, in the top five somewhere. It wouldn't surprise me.
0: I mean, I mean that's how deep they are. I mean, it wasn't if Veraclott went out. He went up, up against a guy that's ranked. Okay. Ranked. And, you well, know, I mean, same thing at heavyweight. It goes out of heavyweight. They, they, just they take care of business. And it just strikes me, it's not just. I mean, there are certain givens. Brooks is a given. Storacci's a given. I feel like Bo Bartlett's now a given. All right. Uh, we're seeing Levi Haynes. He's become a given. Hurtfleet's a given. But then I see other guys enter the lineup. And they're tremendous. And I I don't know. Uh, The depth of the program is something that um, I don't think... I think the real Penn State fan appreciates it. The casual fan may not realize how good everybody is in this lineup like
1: everybody one thing i've learned is wrestlers are a different breed and I, and i mean that as a compliment i know and, you do
0: yeah you you mean that in the highest highest way yes and,
1: and most of those guys know what they're getting into when they're going out there not the not the first team guys but those backups know that they're not going to wrestle a lot, probably, but it, it's the competition level. And if if you break through into that lineup, you know you got a chance at a national championship.
0: Right. You almost feel like you're winning the national title in the room. I, like, you probably feel there are times you're winning the national title in the room.
1: Yeah. I... Uh, it
0: it it is something that. It's remarkable what has been built here. It is not something that is unappreciated here, not by a long shot. Everybody appreciates what Cale Sanderson and his staff, let's give his staff credit, you know, Casey, Cody, everybody across the board, you know they've done all this for years, and nobody's left. Remember the other day I was talking about... Um, um, Gina Oriema and how Chris Daly has stayed, and that's—I mean—that means so much that she has stayed there. Well, it's the same thing here. And I asked last year I, when Kale was on the the coaches show, and I asked him about that loyalty component and what it means to him and the program that they have it. And he says, "Look, he says that you can't put a price on that kind of continuity." You can't. And that's what's so important about, you know, the consistency. Of, well, it's why when you sit there and you look at, for example, Penn State football, well, Penn State football, you know, that's why it made such a big deal out of the ability to keep the coordinators. Like, because they kept the coordinators back-to-back years. Like, wow, okay. Well now it's all three of them have to be replaced. Well, James was talking today about there are certain things within the program that are non-negotiable, but at the same time in the coach you're hiring there may be a couple things that are non-negotiable. So you know those are the things you have to work out and it makes uh, it you know, you're talking about making a difference in what you you know, That continuity I mean you come to Penn State you know A who's going to be coaching you and you're going to be getting that consistency in coaching that everybody hopes and begs for Um, and not only that you don't see wrestlers for the most part transferring out of here right well, because they're not transferring out of here, it gives this wrestling program time to develop wrestlers. Right in football and basketball, I question with all the player movement how much development is actually there and available. Um, Uh, for players, if they're jumping, if they're on their third program. How well developed are you as a player if it's your third program? I I have questions about that. And I think they're legitimate questions that, that deserve an answer. And when you look at Penn State Wrestling, yes, people transfer in um oh what the heck is that um the kid from Cal Poly
1: I was I the school popped into my head too but the kid's name's not
0: <laughs> Yeah yeah he just uh, he had that that tough pin against Ohio State he's bounced back since uh but I mean every once in a while Yeah Bernie Truax Every once in a while they get a guy like that You know every once in a while They'll get somebody who transfers in. I mean, let's face it. I mean, wouldn't you want to transfer into Penn State Wrestling? Of course you would. But for the most part, they develop people. They take them. They're already talented and driven. Now, yeah, some are more talented, some are more driven, but they're still talented and driven when they get here. That's who Cale and his staff recruit. ...talented and driven guys. Okay. But they develop them. And each one is given time to develop. And they don't leave because they want to be developed. It makes such a big difference. You know, when you're in there... and ...and if you are patient as a wrestler in this program... You know you're going to be getting the best coaching and the best chance at developing to your fullest potential because of the coaching you're getting and the work that you personally are putting in. Instead of, I need to go someplace else, I'm hightailing it out of here. Okay, exactly where are you better off
1: when you do that? You usually end up not better off. Of course not.
0: Now, I know that. It doesn't mean that it doesn't work out if you go someplace. Because there are places that you go to and it works out. Um, but it's that consistency of coaching, training, the highest level, the reputation. You know darn well you're getting the best. And I think that makes a tremendous difference in what we're seeing out there with this program. I think it makes all the difference in the world. And I, uh, I don't know. I, I, that's why I think there's so many reasons why this program is the gold standard, the platinum standard. Whatever standard you want to put to it, so we'll say platinum. We'll do this the Marriott points way. How about that? Uh, so the platinum standard, because you get in here and you're going to get the best, and not only that, if you stick with it, you'll be at your best. Yeah, and they allow you to develop to what is your highest potential you're going to be challenged in the room but see development is allowed because of it instead of hightailing out of here to the first you know the grass is always greener someplace well the grass is not always greener someplace else for goodness sakes and that's one thing you see with, with the wrestling program here and then you see a guy like Baraklaus step up like he is good you watch Cochran step up last night. He's good. And you ask yourself the nineteen, the late nineteen forties Notre Dame football question: If the Notre Dame was the number one team in the country, the number two team might be the Notre Dame second team. Well, guess what? The number one team in the country is Penn State. Who knows? The number two team actually might be the Penn State second team.
1: That would drive Iowa nuts, wouldn't it?
0: it- but you know what? Yeah, I mean, look I watched Tom Brand's press conference, and I understand he's trying to he's trying to keep his fan base together. We're not conceding anything. It's like, okay, Tom, guess what? They're not like a little bit better. they're way better than you. Like okay, like they're not a little bit better. they're way better. Okay, And not only that, your style of wrestling, you have not adapted with the times. Your style of wrestling is still the same style they had when Dan Gable coached. Now, in the nationals, does that win for you? Yeah, it can, yeah, it wins for you at nationals, right? Because there's a lot of defensive wrestling that happens at nationals. That's why you see much lower scores. But jeez, you know, I mean, Kale's dynamic, exciting. Go for it. Take shots. Be entertaining. Right, you and you'll also win, but that's what struck me in watching it last night. I said, "My goodness, these are not all the Penn State starters, and they're dusting a actually what is a good team? I mean, they're dusting them. They got Nebraska coming up Sunday at four in Rec Hall. We'll come back with more in a moment here on News Radio ten seventy WKOK. all right great right, David Will is closing out today basketball tomorrow Penn State Michigan State Jordan Center and this weekend's Thon by the way uh so just want to remind everybody of that and uh so big weekend and let's see if they can get do it again where they get eight digits of donations for uh four diamonds really is phenomenal. What Thon has done over the years, it's incredibly phenomenal. Um, Yeah.
1: Are you the 2 a.m. entertainment?
0: Uh, Steve is not the 2 a.m. entertainment. (laughs) Steve is going to be in Nebraska. Uh, And getting back from Nebraska, I am then going to try to go up to Rochester when I land because I want to see my grandson play hockey. I promised him I'd get up and see him play, and I would like to do that. I mean, I had an opportunity to do it last month, but then my daughter had a baby. So I went down to see the baby. Um, And so, remember, I went up and saw him play Little League a couple years ago. And I don't know, It came up that I went up and saw him, and he says, but you didn't see me last year. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. So I'm going to go to the, try and see if I can land at maybe 637 and drive up there and watch him play Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. So, no, I will not be the 2 a.m. entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> not going to happen. Remember that part of the show, the beginning I was talking about how important it is to do some other things?
1: Yes. You, uh, I was going to encourage you to go if you were debating. Oh, no, there's no debate. No, no, no. I've been
0: mulling over how to do this for a while. I couldn't do it this past weekend because the game was Sunday, and he played Sunday. I, well, the. but yeah. That's why I was mulling... Like the opportunity and time to do things. Well, that's one of the things I want to go do, and I can work and make my schedule work to make it happen. All right. As the suit continues to run on the treadmill, keeping the station on the air, thanks for joining us here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors.